What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, it is week 11, which, as you pointed out beforehand, is sad because we only have two, you know, including this week, three more regular season games. Mm-hmm. But it's loaded down the stretch. I think people have said the 12-team playoffs can make November more exciting. Dude, November's exciting now. Look up. Every game's a playoff game. We're picking games tonight with Michigan, Penn State, Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia, Florida State, Oregon, Washington. All of these teams are essentially playing playoff games right now because every game matters. So I'm excited, Daniel. Yeah, they're playing these games, and it's not only playoff games, but, you know, it, but de facto playoff games, but they're also playing rivals a lot of the times now. Like in the month of November, you're starting to play a lot of your seasonal rivals. And so, what better way to like have a meaningful playoff game than against one of your rivals? So, this is going to be fun down the stretch uh, to kind of see this, how this shakes out. Um, some of these teams are going to cannibalize themselves, and then we will have a nice, neat, and tidy four-game playoff here at you know the start of December, end of November. Can't wait. <laughs> um, Daniel, as we do every week, what is a game that we are not picking that you're excited to watch? I'm prepared. All right. And this week, for me... I'm looking at Georgia Tech and Clemson because beginning of the year, I picked that game and say, oh, yeah, that's an easy Clemson win. I'm trying to find other wins on the schedule for Georgia Tech to get, you know, the the team that I said would go to a bowl game to a bowl game. They are at five wins already, uh, and that's with a loss to Bowling Green. So it's a miracle, but they've got Clemson left. They've got. Uh, Syracuse next week, and then they've got Georgia at the end of the year. I really don't think they're going to beat Georgia. This game's interesting because Clemson's also five and four. Georgia Tech is four and two in the ACC. Clemson is two and four in the <laughs> ACC. Chew on that for a little bit. So remarkable, remarkable that this is even where it is. But you know, I'm interested to see this one's at Clemson in Death Valley at noon. Are they asleep? Do they care? What's the vibe? So Clemson's favored by 14 and a half. I think that's a lot of points, to be frank with you. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this. If we were in the divisions right now, did you know Georgia Tech would be leading the ACC Coastal? Wow. <laughs> they got the head-to-head with UNC. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That that's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> and all they got to do, I mean, they got two conference games left. If they beat Clemson this week, uh, and Syracuse, they got Syracuse. and they got yeah, very winnable. So <laughs> Syracuse looked decent to start the year and has just been not good for a while. So Georgia Tech still has an outside chance at going to the ACC championship game. They're third in the conference right now. They need Louisville to lose one more game. These two more, yeah, two more games. (laughs) This is so funny. Uh, God, I love the ACC. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
what a, what a sicko conference. Disgusting. Um, let's, uh, <clears throat> I will go to, I mean, heck, UNC Duke. Just because wouldn't it be hilarious for <laughs> Duke to beat UNC? Um, oh, this one's not gosh, a basketball that'd be so game. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, wouldn't it be hilarious if shout out Chip Patterson for wouldn't it be hilarious? But uh, Oklahoma State to go on the road and lose to UCF after like basically securing almost securing their spot in the Big Twelve title game and to go on the road and lose to UCF that'd be so fun. That that point spread's only a two point line. Oklahoma State a two point favorite. <laughs> Uh, that's fishy. Uh, yeah, go Knights. Just bring all the chaos. That's so funny. Um, you win Bedlam, last Bedlam ever, quotation marks. You can, you can control that. Uh, yeah, UCF, Oklahoma State. That'll be my pick. What's it called? The Bounce House? The Bounce House. Yeah. They officially named their stadium after, after it being the nickname for a while. So that's pretty cool. Bounce house. Watch out for the bounce house. Those things can be dangerous, you know? Don't play uh, you with never know. on in the bounce house. So. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, go to, uh, let's go to our first game, Daniel. Big noon kickoff. And this is the big one. The fighting Michigan Connor Stallions versus the Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State hosting Michigan. Uh it's sad this isn't a night game because there won't be the official whiteout, but Penn State, the crowd knows their job. You get this round robin at the top of the Big Ten East. Game two, Penn State with one loss. Michigan coming in undefeated. I think Michigan's played eight high schools to this point. So uh, first real test of the season. Michigan, a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. Daniel, where are you going? In College Station. Yeah, there's a lot for me, I mean, that wants to pick Penn State. Obviously, just the, you know, the perception right now of Michigan and all that that entails with their, you know, cheating scandal that's that's currently underway. But also, Michigan just hadn't played anybody um, thus far. It's not necessarily their fault, but everybody they've played has been, you know, not quite up to... You know, their standard is that more of a talk about how good Michigan has been, how bad these teams have been. And then, you know, Penn State, kind of a hot team that, you know, you were on to start the year and I kind of started to, you know, follow. And that loss to Ohio State and then the past, you know, I guess the week after against Indiana, I was like, okay, well, they're not really serious or, you know, something's going on. They destroyed Maryland last week, so I feel better about some things. But Michigan has been so, so dominant. Here I was. I was trying to talk myself into Penn State again, but I'm not going to do it. I'm taking Michigan, laying the four and a half. I think that's the pick here. Michigan's the better team. They are number one in scoring defense. They are, you know, offensively. I mean, J.J. McCarthy's having a great season. They've got two great backs. I think that they can kind of weather any storm. Um, and this being a noon game, it's not a whiteout. Or I guess it's not a whiteout, right? Like, that's a night yeah, game. Yeah, the official game, right? whiteout was the Iowa game. Okay. So, you know, that, that there's not that added layer that they have to deal with. I think, I think Michigan comes in, it may be tight for a half. Like, I'm, I'm saying 10 to 10 at halftime. 
and then Michigan probably scores on like their first three possessions out of halftime, and and it's too much for Penn State. So, uh, give me the Wolverines reluctantly lay the four and a half. Ugh, I uh, I'm picking Michigan. I'm laying yeah. the points. Preseason, I thought it'd be fun if Penn State won this game. I have Michigan's been so dominant, and outside of all the the cheating stuff, they, they've been dominant. I think, you know, it's not who you play, it's how you play. They have just blown teams out in the advanced metrics before garbage time. They're killing teams. Mm-hmm. They deserve to be favored. I thought this would be closer to a touchdown, to be honest with you. So at four and a half, I feel like I'm taking money. I saw what Penn State did against Ohio State. Michigan's got a better offense than Ohio State, much more efficient. So better offensive line than Ohio State as well. I don't know if Penn State, you know, them not having the offensive answers on the other side of the ball against Ohio State's defense. I think Michigan is on that level, if not better. So I wonder at what they've done since that game to fix those issues, downfield passing especially uh, with Drew Alar. Here's my one thing with this game of how Penn State could win. Michigan ranks 111th in the country in pass plays per game. They haven't had to throw the ball because they've blown everybody out. They've been efficient when they've done it. I mean, total EPA, fourth in the country. EPA per play when throwing the ball, first in the country. They've been incredibly efficient throwing the ball. They just haven't had to throw it a lot. Penn State has a very dominant defense. They have, a, I mean, at all levels, they have a great defensive line, great linebackers. Like, I think if they're committing to stop the run, then you got to face not just the best secondary you face this season, one of the top three secondaries in the country that Penn State has. His defense is still elite. Kalen King might be CB1 coming off the board in the draft next year. He's phenomenal. Um, if he takes away Roman Wilson, who's your next target? Can J.J. McCarthy carve you up with his arm? I think he can. And I think Penn, you know Michigan can win this game 24-14, to 24-17, and they're covering and they're happy getting out of there on the road. I think if Penn State wins this game, it's going to be because Michigan hasn't had to throw the ball to win yet. They make a mistake trying to throw the ball to win if Penn State shuts down the run. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm laying the points with Michigan. I think Michigan's just been dominant to this point and that they win this game going away. But that, that's the one spot, Daniel, that made me curious of just like, huh, they haven't had to throw it a lot. <laughs> As I'm looking for ways Penn State wins, that was the one thing that stuck out is they haven't had to throw it yet. So we'll see. For what it's worth, ESPN's analytics matchup predictor has that one basically at 50%. So hmm. that's interesting. Love it. Let's go to the down south, the SEC, Kentucky, playing host to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama coming off of a huge win against LSU. With one loss, they control their own destiny. They can secure the SEC West with this victory or with an Ole Miss loss. So they can sew this one up against Kentucky. They're 10.5-point road favorites. How do you feel about this game in Lexington? Yeah, there's some matchups here that I I like for Kentucky, um, specifically just the the ability of, of Devin Leary to throw the ball down the field, Tavian Robinson, um, 
you know, good receiver. Uh, Ray Davis is just a you know very good running back. I mean, nine hundred yards this year, nine touchdowns. Now, granted, like three hundred of those yards came against Florida, but he uh, he still had a great year thus far. Um, I really was trying to look for a way to to have this be a close game because ten and a half point spread. Um, I think there's an there's a opportunity there. You know, Kentucky's a a tough team, and Alabama hasn't necessarily just destroyed folks this year. Uh, they've had to really earn some wins down the stretch. But I do think that the performance uh, that Jalen Milrow had against LSU, granted that primarily in the running game, but the, that ability to really just not care about anything else and really to focus on what what's going to win them the game uh, – he did what he had to do running the ball. And I think that that's going to kind of stress this Kentucky defense out. I think there's going to be some big plays in the past game because they're going to be really keyed on the quarterback run. Um, and Alabama's defense is good enough to take a couple of blows from, from Kentucky and, and then dish some out as well. So I don't think, Devin Leary is going to be clean in this game. I think he's going to get hit a good bit by that front seven. Dallas Turner guy, you know, these guys just flying around. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Alabama. I'm going to lay these points. Um, I think this would be the year Kentucky could get Alabama, but if they would have had them earlier in the season before they settled on a quarterback. Now I feel like, you know, Milrow has had several games under his belt of being the guy and really kind of had his glow up against LSU. So give me the tide, lay the points. I think Leary might get the award for quarterback who lost the most draft stock <laughs> after transferring. Um, yeah, it's been horrible since he came to Kentucky throwing the ball. Uh, Daniel, here's a stat for you. 24 rushing attempts for 55 yards. That's 2.3 yards per carry. That was Kentucky stats against Georgia's front seven. Um, Bama's front seven this year is mm. on that level. Um, their defensive line might be a little bit better than Georgia this year. Um, yeah, I just don't like that matchup for Kentucky. Like, their running game works really, really well against teams that are on their level athletically or worse because they can just kind of dominate teams up front. It's not well when you try to play bully ball against mm -hmm. a team that's just better than you athletically. And that's what they're going to go up against against this Alabama defense. So I, I just don't see Kentucky scoring a lot of points. And with a 10.5 point line, I think you got to score at least 20 to make this a game. And I don't know if they're going to get there, Daniel. So I, I mean, I think Bama can shut it down even and win this game like 34 17, and that easily gets you the cover. So I like Bama on the road here. I like lay the 10.5. I'm with you. I tried to find a way for Kentucky to win this game, and I, I just don't. I just think Bama's going to win going away. And Bama's clicking at the right time. So they're catching Bama at a bad time of the season, kind of like you were talking about. So uh, give me the tie, mm -hmm. lay the points. Let's stay in the SEC, go a little more south. We'll go to Athens, where the Georgia Bulldogs playing host to Ole Miss. Uh, Georgia, an 11.5-point uh, home favorite uh, against the Rebels, coming in with 36 regular season wins in a row. Can Ole Miss do 
what no one has done since Will Muschamp and the Gamecocks did in 2019. Can they upset Georgia at home? Well, I do think that there's a chance. I do think Ole Miss possesses an ability. Um, obviously, they're a good team. Eight, eight and one. Um, had some impressive victories this year. You know, Jackson Dart really doing it all with, you know, throw the ball and running the ball well. Um, I think he's like 400 yards rushing this year, uh, almost 2,500 yards passing. So um, he's been great. Quinshawn Judkins having another stellar campaign his sophomore year. Um, I I want to see – I'm excited to see this matchup. I'm curious how the trenches are going to look. I mean, off the bat, I would suspect that Georgia is going to be able to win that battle on both sides of the ball just by the nature of, of who they are. Um, that doesn't mean that necessarily it's going to be a blowout by any means. Ole Miss can make plays. Um, Georgia's defense can still be had. They've given up 20 points multiple times this season. So I think Ole Miss is capable of getting to that threshold. Um, I just I, I think Ole Miss has improved defensively as well. I just don't know if they're going to be able to stop what Georgia's doing on offense with, uh, you know, Carson Beck uh, spreading the ball around so many different receivers and, you know, offensive line playing well. Last game was actually one of their worst games, pass pro, giving up some sacks and some quarterback hurries. And, Jacob, it really didn't look like Carson Beck was phased. I mean, it didn't start him, make him start hurrying his throws or shuffling his feet or doing any of the things you tend to see a quarterback do or tucking the ball too early, not trusting his read. He just kept playing, and it paid off for them against Missouri. I think something similar is going to happen with, with Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss can kind of keep it close again for you know potentially a half, maybe into the third quarter. Georgia's had to play a lot deeper into games than they did the past two years, really. Um, but I, I think Georgia pulls away in this one. 11.5 points is a lot of points. Uh, I'd be more comfortable with this under 10, but – Two touchdowns, I think Georgia's going to kind of keep pace at that. I think that's going to be about what what to expect. So um, if I think that they get to 20 points, I think Georgia can score 34 on Ole Miss. So uh, give me the dogs, lay the 11 and a half. Daniel is similar to my Kentucky-Georgia comparison. It's how Ole Miss fared up against Alabama when they faced them. And Ole Miss's Mm. offense against Alabama, did they throw the ball? Uh, 35 times for 244. That's 6.8 yards per attempt, which is very low and inefficient. That's trying to win with death by mm-hmm. a thousand cuts, and you just can't do that against Georgia. Um, this secondary is going to eat you alive if you try to do that. So on offense, it's can they have success with the QB run game and get creative? I think Georgia's shown some vulnerability to outside rushes, whether it's outside zone, Missouri in the stretch last week, and had success against Georgia. So can you be creative running the ball? Which, I mean, it's Lane Kiffin. He's going to have something up his sleeve for this game. Um, but then when Georgia has the ball, I just worry for Ole Miss's defense. They, they've played a lot more aggressive under Pete Golding. So I think identity-wise, like they're playing with a lot more effort on defense this year, but they still don't have the guys they need to match up with a Georgia in this game. I mean, this Georgia offense... 
I mean, as a team, Georgia is number two in the country in net yards per play. They're number five in success rate. Then you on offense, Georgia's third in the country in available yards percentage. As in like the, you know, mm-hmm. the yards, you, you know, if you get the ball at the 25, there's 75 yards to go. If you get 73, you know, whatever that percentage is, that's how many yards you had. Georgia's third in the country and getting all the available yards and the, like they're just finishing drives whenever, whenever they get the ball. So I worry about that because like you said, I think we keep waiting on Carson Beck to show like a mistake as a first year starter and to, just to, to lay an egg and have a bad game. And I just don't know if it's going to come. He, he has been super efficient with the football. Mm-hmm. He's been super impressive. I mean, He's kind of a, I say a long shot to win the Heisman. He was, he's fifth in Heisman odds now. Like, he's just kind of carving up teams very calmly and had quietly a very elite season. I don't know if Ole Miss can keep up in this game. It's at home. George is really good in Athens. This team's just really hard to beat, Daniel. There's a reason this team's won back-to-back national championships. 11 and a half, I did think about, like, there, there is a world where Georgia wins this game 34-24, and Ole Miss gets the cover here. Don't see Ole Miss winning. I do see Georgia. It's the last home game. It's a night game in Athens, 7 p.m. kick. I just think they pull away here, and I think this is like a 42-24 kind of game, and that gets me a cover there. So I like I like what you said, two touchdowns plus. Seems like the right call for Georgia here. Let's go to the ACC rivalry game in Tallahassee. Florida State playing host to Miami. The Knolls are a 14.5-point favorite. Daniel, we haven't talked about the Knolls here in a minute. Florida State sitting right outside. Excuse me. They're right inside the top four, so they're fourth in the playoff rankings. Um, need this one in a rivalry game to to stay up there. The Knolls get it done in Tallahassee. Yeah, I uh, I know that the Knolls have been without Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson last week. Uh, Johnny Wilson for a couple weeks now. So I'm interested to see if they get either one of those guys back for this week. Um, so that's going to kind of play into this a little bit. Florida State's the better team. I think Florida State wins this game. I'm not really concerned about the actual game uh, itself. Even if Miami was winning the game for four, for almost all of the four quarters, like for three and a half quarters, I think – you know, Cristobal would find a way to lose it because he's done that so far this year. Um, and that's kind of what I think happens. I kind of think that Miami is going to play this one a little bit closer to Florida State. Florida State's going to just kind of, you know, keep them keep them close because they're they haven't been really dominating teams as of late. Um, and I I think that Florida State wins this game. I think they win it comfortably, but I don't think they cover 14 and a half. That hook is holding a lot for me uh, for Miami because um, I think Florida State's going to be happy with a 14-point win, with a 10-point win. Just a win for Florida State continues their trajectory towards undefeated ACC champions, which would have them in the playoff. Miami's going to do their best to ruin it. I don't think they can because this is at home for Florida State. I just don't think Miami's good enough to hang with Florida State. So give me the Knolls, uh, or excuse me, give me the Canes with the points, but I think the Knolls win We are four for four in stride here. Yeah, I'm taking the Canes to get to the points. 
for all the same reasons you just <laughs> mentioned. Um, and I'm with you on, I'm not worried about Miami winning this game. Like, not even a little bit. Uh, like you said, if Miami hits a three-point lead yeah. with three to go, Florida State's winning the ball game. I don't know what to tell you. It's, 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 I'm not worried yeah. about Florida State like, losing the this rules. game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for, like the, it's the hook. It's the hook. Like, this could be a very comfortable 34 to 10 win. TV has 24 points. 34 to 20 win. And I was like, oops. Um, like, Jacob, what are you doing? You're making the wrong point here. Yeah, that, that, that's a Miami cover. No, so, yeah, I got you. I trust Florida State in this spot. Um, they don't want to rush these guys back either. Like, I know it's a rivalry game, but how healthy are they? How many snaps are they going to get? Florida State is just fine winning this game by one point. One point to win. If you win all your mm-hmm. games, you're going to be in. So, uh, yeah, I like the Miami to cover. I have zero reason to pick them to win. Um, I have lost all trust in Mario Cristobal as a game day football coach. Um, just poor. So, if anything, I have just exactly. confidence against him exactly in any but fourteen capacity. and a hook, That seems like a lot to me. So I'll take the Canes. We go to Como, Columbia, Missouri. Uh, Missouri coming off of the loss at Georgia last week. Tennessee and Missouri technically still in contention with a Georgia loss in the SEC East. So, you know, both teams kind of fighting for the second spot right now for a chance to play in Atlanta still. Um, so big game for both of these teams, the 330 CBS game. Daniel, where are you going in Como? Yeah, this one's tough because I feel like it's, you know, a team coming off playing Georgia and a team looking ahead to play Georgia. They're both the same record. So it's just like, I'd be interested to see them play absent of Georgia. Like, if they played earlier in the season, because I, I, I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. I think that I'm curious how the matchup will play. Um, for me, I, I like what Missouri has on the defensive line. Uh, I think they're going to be able to get after Joe Milton in the game, and they're going to rush some of his throws. Um, and so I don't see Tennessee having a very high offensive output. It's not going to be one of their games where they just blow up the scoreboard. That being said, I also think that Tennessee has a pretty good defense, uh, at least the matchup with Missouri. Um, and I think Missouri's not going to have as easy of a run lane like they did against Georgia. Georgia made a decision to have a light box. I don't think Tennessee makes that same decision. Um, so I think it's going to be kind of a, I don't want to say it's a rock fight. I think there will be points scored. I I think it will be maybe less than expected. Uh, but I like Mizzou at home in this spot. I think that Tennessee will be looking ahead to Georgia, you know, kind of coming back to where this game sits. Missouri's already gotten their Georgia game out of the way. Tennessee's kind of looking ahead to them. I think that they care about the Missouri game, but I think that they're still thinking, hey, we're going to host Georgia next week. So I'm going to take Missouri. I think they win the game outright. It's only a a one-and-a-half point spread. Missouri gets the point and a half. So, um, you know, I think Missouri wins outright at home by a field goal. Um, But I think this one's a good game. I think we're kind of, you know, it'll be a fun one to watch down the stretch. 
This is the WTF Game of the Week. Wrong team favored. Um, yeah, Missouri should be favored in this spot. I Like, you talk about similar built teams. Hear me right. Similar offensive style to Alabama. That's what Missouri has in a, a quarterback who is accurate with the football. Has Jalen Miller, obviously, a lot more elite legs than Brady Cook. But Brady Cook can run. Um Missouri's got some receivers, and Tennessee mm-hmm. is really good at stopping the run. They have a great run defense. They do not have an elite secondary. I don't know if they can man up Missouri's receivers for four quarters. Like I can see this being a game where it's tight all game, Missouri hits a bomb late to go up a touchdown, and it's just like that's a backbreaker. And I'm with you. Like This is like a touchdown, three-point kind of game. Two very evenly matched teams. Um, I think Tennessee is going to be able to move the ball as well, but I see this being like a 28-24 kind of game. Kind of played in the 20s there, and uh, again, two elite run defenses. This will be a very fun one to watch, but I just think Missouri's the better team. I, I walk away, you know, there's there's no, uh, you know, you don't get any points for losing, but man, I was really impressed with how Missouri fought last week. My only worry is, did you, like how much energy did you spend on Georgia? Um, we've talked about this over the last few years that sometimes your, your Georgia's, your Alabama's can beat you twice with, it takes everything out of you to hang with them, especially if you're playing a close game that you end up not showing up the next week because of it. Does Georgia beat them twice? I'm going to say no, that they're motivated to come home after that game on the road and host it. You know, they got to be ready. There's no look ahead spot. This, this is the big one. So, uh, I like Missouri to win this game outright. They're underdogs, so yeah, give me the points. I think they should be favored, Daniel. Uh, you know, this should be about a pick 'em, but Missouri's better team, wrong team favored. Give me the Tigers. Let's head out to the Pac-12 for the last two. Oregon, USC got the late kick. Oregon, a fourteen and a half point home favorite against the Trojans. How do you feel about this one, Daniel? I, 14 and a half? Is that too many points? Not against this USC defense. Um, <laughs> I I really do think that Oregon's on a mission. And, you know, USC, it was cool for a little bit. I mean, I don't think they've got any punches left. They might, they might do a little something in the first half, but really... Oregon's defense is much better than, you know, some of the ones the USC has played thus far. And, I mean, Oregon being at home, like the hook annoys me that I have to lay more than two touchdowns. But, personally, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, I think I think we're talking like a 30-point potential win for Oregon. I think they're going to try to make USC quit. Um, I hope... Uh, I don't know, you know, I hope because I'm picking it this way that that's the case because it's the 1030 game and I'm sure we're going to be ready to talk some, you know, college football that night. So I'm ready, you know, go ahead and, hey, this game's over with. I can go to bed. I don't have to stay up for the whole thing. We'll see. But I'm I'm taking Oregon. better offense, Oregon or USC? Oregon. 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 Confidently Oregon. Um, everyone's like, oh, USC has this elite yeah. offense and a terrible defense. The offense has kind of been, I say average. For a Lincoln Riley offense, 
they're not top top five in every category on offense this year. Offensive line's been poor. Um, the offense has been Caleb Williams making magic happen when he can. It it looks very uh, unorganized. Is how the offense looks this year. Oregon, outside of the Washington game, you know what they've been doing? They've been beating everybody up. They've been kicking butt and taking names, what they've been doing. Um, there's a reason they're the highest-ranked one-loss team outside of, you know, the committee uses different ways to justify every ranking, but I test as Oregon's. They are beating everybody badly um, outside their one-loss against Washington. It's going to be bad in this game, Daniel. We said Oregon's offense is better. The defense, obviously, is night and day better in this game. I think Oregon scoring 50. And, you know, USC has got to get in the 40s to cover this one. So I just don't see Oregon's defense giving that up. Um, I see this being like a like a 51 to 28 kind of game. I think this is a an absolute blowout. Um, and Oregon needs all the help they can get because they're on the outside looking into this point. They know they need some style points, um, even though they're probably going to get the rematch at the end of the year. Yeah, Oregon wants this one bad. I think they're going to break USC's will. There's been staff turnover this week. He had the whole Caleb Williams thing on the sideline last week. I know he's upset. How? I don't mean that jokingly. Like it, It's emotional to realize like you, know, you, you, you can't accomplish your top goal. How's the locker room? I don't know how the locker room is at USC right now. This could beat us a back-breaking loss because Oregon wants blood, and I think they're going to get it on Saturday. So lay all those points. The hook does not scare me in the slightest. This is probably my most confident pick of this week is lay the points with Oregon. Um, lay them. Mm. I love the Ducks this week. Also in the Pac-12, Washington, the team atop the Pac-12, but outside that top four, uh, looking to get in, hosting Utah. Utah, who is still hanging on by a thread in the Pac-12 race and would love nothing more than to ruin one of these teams' season. Uh, Washington, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against the Utes. Daniel, where are you going? Seattle. Yeah, this... Man, I want to pick Utah. I do. If it was at home, I really would consider it because of venue because Washington has just not been putting teams away recently. Um, I think that it helps Utah that Washington's defense is just not elite or anything like that. So Utah may be able to move the ball, do a few things. I just think that Washington will stress them enough. And nine and a half points... So they only have to win by 10, for those of you keeping track at home. I just, at home, 3.30 game, I guess over there it's 12.30 or whatever that is. But I I, I like Washington. I think they're going to win, obviously outright, but I just can't trust Utah right now. I can't trust them to score enough to cover. Because if Washington wins like 24 to 3, well, Washington didn't have a huge output, but Utah, you know, stinks on offense. So we'll see. But give me, uh, <laughs> give me Washington. I'm going to lay the points. I don't know. I, I just would not feel comfortable taking Utah right now. So this is like a 
head on the pillow kind of a pick. Take Washington. Lay this. I if you remember a couple weeks ago when Oregon played Utah, um, we was that last week? Two weeks ago, okay, that's what I thought. That's two weeks um, ago. I said, you know, Utah at home, I'm taking them. But except for in this instance, because I just think Oregon's going to blow them out. <laughs> I'm like, don't trust Utah. They're Iowa level bad on offense. Now they're on the road this week against Washington. And I'm I'm just going to trust me some Kyle Whittingham in this spot. Uh, the Pac-12 is doomed for some chaos at some point this season. It's already had a little bit of chaos, but... I just don't think anyone's going to go unscathed in the Pac-12. I'm not picking Utah to win. I am going to pick them to cover. Washington play with their food too much. They're going to have to prove it to me here. Um, they've won by 7, 3, 8, 9, and 10 their last five games. So they're not blowing teams out like they were in the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year, they were blowing teams out. Um, they're going to have to earn some trust back here for me. I think Kyle Whittingham can scheme up something to slow down this Washington offensive attack. Like, watch that Arizona State film. What did Arizona State do so well to hold Washington to 15 points? That was weird. Uh, is Washington healthy? Yeah, for Utah to score 55 points against right. Arizona State. And that was last week. So, yeah. Yeah. This is just... This one stinks to me. This one smells. Stay far away in real life, but I'm going to take the points just because something's, something's up. There's some advanced analytics for you. Some, something's in the water. They're on the water in Seattle. Uh, the Pac-12 is going to do it. The Pac, the, what's, what's in the worst interest for the Pac-12 by having a two-loss conference champ. And maybe that starts this week. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, give me the Utes on blind faith in Kyle Whittingham in this game. So vibes only in this one. Pac-12, 330. Yeah. Vibes. <laughs> I like it. Um, I think that's the only game we picked. It is. So I do want to say on the season, I have finally <laughs> passed you as of last week. I am 33 and 37 against the spread on the season. You were 30 and 40. There is still there is still a chance we can get above 500. We can both get above 500. So, so yeah, you're me there's I a chance. would love to do it this week. I'm four games below 500. That means I'd have to go. I don't even know if I can do it this week. I'm like five and two would be great, and I'd still be a game below 500. Um, man, we'll see. Yeah, you go six and one. There I'll go. go seven and zero. Oh. That's a big step towards getting above five hundred. There you go. That's it for both of us. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, this is our worst so year far in five years. Picking against the spread so this far. Been, <laughs> we're we're bound, you know, bound to so. break the streak eventually. Uh, everybody eventually loses, except Georgia. Yeah. So uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll finish. <laughs> There's the jinx now. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media and YouTube at the Extra Point Pod. You can follow him on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. That'll do it for this edition of The Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. 